0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk. You're listening to Locker Room Hype. As always, I'm James Fairchild, and I've got a special guest to interview today, one of my very best friends, Devon Flagler. What's going on, Vaughn?
1: How's it going? Hey, man, living a dream, dude. Just seeing all the great things you're doing with the podcast, man. Said I had to get on, so I'm excited to be on.
0: Good, man. The family's staying safe? Everybody's good?
1: Yeah, man, we're, we're over here quarantine central, so I know. I know Governor Abbott said we can get outside and play, but as for my family, we're going to sit tight for the next four to six weeks. So we're good, though.
0: Oh, same here, brother. Same here. Vaughn, he's a former star wide receiver at Gardner-Webb and with the Venom, which is a professional arena team here in Amarillo. Vaughn and I have been close friends for about five years, and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to provide this interview to all of our listeners. So to begin a little bit, a little bit of background about Vaughn, He's from Atlanta, Georgia, but he's born in Virginia Beach, Virginia. He graduated with his bachelor's from Gardner-Webb University in North Carolina, then later obtained his master's degree in educational leadership from West Texas A&M University. Now going into oh, our yeah, Yes, sir. <laughs> going into our first question. How do you describe what it was like growing up in Atlanta?
1: Atlanta is I mean a great place. It taught me a lot. I would say it's very, very fast paced. Um, in comparison to Texas, I feel like we have a lot of, I say we now because I've been in Texas so long. I consider myself a, a Texan as well. Uh, right on. But um, yeah, but I feel like Georgia, man, it's a melting pot. You know, we have a lot of people from all over Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, the Carolinas. A lot of people migrated there. So you, you get a little bit of everything. Um, and I would also say, you know, from, from a minority standpoint, you know, definitely as a, as a black man, you know, the opportunity, you know, in Atlanta for people of color is, I mean, ginormous compared to a lot of other places. So I think that's what, what makes it a very unique place.
0: How close did you follow the sports teams down there? Like the Hawks, the Braves, the Falcons, were you, were you a Falcons fan growing up?
1: No, sir. Uh, I, I love my city, but I will say this. And this is one thing I will give Cowboy fans credit for, which you probably won't hear me say much of that ever. <laughs> um, you know, being living in Texas and being in Texas for the last, what, 12-some-odd years, you know, and having a family full of Cowboy fans, uh, even though none of them have ever lived in Texas, uh, it's very, very loyal. You know, it's a loyal fan base. You can call them crazy. You can call them you know, illogical, which I will say that.
0: I would agree but with that being the, a Cowboys. But fan.
1: loyal yeah. But loyalty is never, never a question. And and being in Atlanta and coming up in Atlanta, you see with the sports teams, we don't have that same uh belief. Uh Hawks, you know, I've been in Hawks games where they're cheering for the other team. Right. Uh you know, during playoff runs. Um, wow. Not one that we're off I've been, I've been to Falcons games And you know, we have some Falcons fans That have come around later uh, Since Matt Ryan has had some Some success, but not consistently uh, Of course I love, you know, Deion Primetime, but not ever really A big Falcons fan Braves fans, I will say I'm a Braves fan And I will say Braves fans We are the one Fan base in the city of Atlanta We don't waver Win, lose, a draw. Winning divisions, not winning divisions. Uh, you know, going far in the playoffs, getting knocked out. We're going to stand true. Uh, so right. I'm a Braves fan, uh, but I'm actually a 49ers fan in football, and I'm actually a Lakers fan in basketball.
0: Right, right, right. I knew you are a hardcore 49ers fan, you know. It was a heartbreak oh, yeah. for you this year, but y'all were so close, man. Whoa. Ten points in the fourth quarter up. I thought y'all had it.
1: I didn't. I did <laughs> I, but but I was hoping, I was hoping that we held on, but man, I'm tired of getting close. You know, it's been since 94 watching Steve Young throw it all over the field against the uh, the Chargers, man, since I've been able to witness my team winning the Super Bowl. So hopefully, hopefully something happening good for us in the next year or so.
0: Right, man. At least your team has gotten there. It's been since 95, since the Cowboys have even been there. So I feel you yeah. on that. Yeah. Shift and focus over to your college days. You were an absolute beast in college, and rightfully so. According to the Shelby Star in Charlotte, you made the all-decade team at wide receiver for the Big South Conference and played from 2004 to 2007. And in 2005, you had a career high of 13 touchdowns. And in 2006, you had a career high of 64 catches. And in total, had over 2,000 yards receiving. With all those amazing statistics and accolades, what would you say your favorite memory was as a collegiate athlete?
1: You know... With being a gardner Webman, I would actually say my favorite memory or memories were, was just the times I was able to spend with my teammates and just the relationships we were able to build. Um, while I was in college, you know, out there on the football field, you know, in the dorm room, trips, so on and so, so forth. But uh, just how those relationships have been uh, able to sustain it and the test of time. You know, I know a lot of people have gone to different – schools and they you know they talk about their teammates and so on and so forth but you know we really build a a, a built a strong bond you know i got married two years ago and of course you know you were standing right beside me as one of my groomsmen sir and you know had a lot of had a lot of gardner webb university representatives in the building to celebrate with me and my wife you know so i i appreciate that and i'm i'm most grateful for that uh more than anything
0: what was it like attending a private Christian university, and what made you choose Gardner Webb over any other Division One program? Who were maybe part of a group of five or a Power Five conference?
1: Well, man, that's a good question as well. I will say I chose Gardner Webb for a few reasons. One, of course, I I was you know a standout athlete, football and basketball. Of course, more so football, but um, I had people after me and I was heavily recruited, but I was heavily recruited as a defensive back. Wow. And I wanted to play receiver. I was a standout receiver. You know, that's what people knew me for. That's what, you know, the statistics show, so on and so forth. But everyone who kept coming around who wanted to, you know, really reel me in, and there were some nice schools, you know, Cincinnati. Got got a good look from Alabama, partial scholarship from Georgia,
2: and of course some other small Division One schools, uh mainly in the Southeast. But uh I chose Gardner Webb because they wanted me uh, pretty badly, and they also wanted to let me play receiver, which is what I wanted to play at the time. Um, I will tell you, I wasn't really, you know, tied into the Baptist University deal. Um, that wasn't a reason for me going. Uh, but, you know, it was interesting, um, and I learned a lot when I did go to university. So,
0: Even though you chose to play at a smaller Division One school, you still had the opportunity to play against programs like Appalachian State, Ohio, Mississippi State, Georgia Tech. How did playing against those bigger, prominent universities bring out the best in you as a competitor?
2: Oh, man, it- actually man it, it, it let me know that I probably shouldn't be a garden web <laughs> <laughs> because uh uh you know I always tell people the, the difference between you know SCS SCS football and Fbs which is um what we would call you know back in the day one aa uh versus 1a football which is um you know your smaller division one in comparison to your you know your power fives and your upper echelon bigger division one schools or programs is depth uh you know at, a, at the one double a level you know you're going to have some starters who are pretty solid to possibly take the next level uh but then after that you go down the, the depth chart it starts to dwindle quick um and i i learned that playing on that that stage and playing against those players i loved it i loved the competitiveness i love being you know out there competing with, you know, what would be the best of the best. You know, Appalachian State was ranked that year they beat Michigan the year we played them. You know, I I was the only person that scored a touchdown when we played them. You know, we played Mississippi State, you know, and I had a pretty good game against Mississippi State, you know, and I matched up well, definitely physically, you know, against Mississippi State. Ohio had a good game against Ohio as well. So it's just, playing against those schools, I realized, like, man, in order to really, really make some noise, you got to have more depth. You know, we had good players, but you need more depth. But again, it showed me I probably should have maybe transferred or I probably maybe should have took that that uh that preferred walk on or that scholarship to Cincinnati and, and went ahead and played defense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well looking back now, you know, in today's times, what would you what would have you done now if you know you were in the same situation? Would you have transferred somewhere else?
2: Oh man, no question. No question I would have transferred somewhere else. Um, you know, if I would have even gone to Gardner Webb, but I definitely would have transferred. You know, probably more back home to Georgia, uh, because that was something. You know, that you know my coaches that you know would talk to Coach Mike Bobo about, who was you know OC at Georgia at the time. Um, but uh, I would I would definitely reevaluate. I think defense. I probably would have went the defensive route, or I probably would have went the tight end route, just because. I, I was able to put in a lot of weight and still, you know, keep my speed, um, agility, so on and so forth. But there was definitely a lot of things I would have done differently, you know. The, the woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, if you, if you make it and everything turns out, it's like I wouldn't have changed the thing. Right. You know, but if you don't, you're like, man, I would have. wish I would have done A, B, C, A, D. Uh, but transferring is definitely something I probably would have done.
0: And, you know, I don't blame you for that. That, that tends to be uh, something that's very common these days, you know, with the transfer portal we see players moving around consistently, you know, these days. So you wouldn't be frowned upon for sure.
2: No. And that's another thing. It was frowned upon then, you know, it was a lot harder to transfer back, you know, in the early 2000s. Right. Very hard. You didn't see it very often. You know, when people transfer, you know, you have people who would stop you from transferring. You know, you have people who would, you know, let you know, you can only transfer these places and you can't transfer these places. And, you know, you say you want to leave or you're thinking about transferring and then you got to deal with, you know, coaches and, you know, people around your school maybe looking at you funny and, and handling you differently and going about things differently with you. So, you know, back then it was very, very different. You know, if it's 2020, oh, I'm gone. <laughs> right.
0: 2020, I'm yeah.
2: gone. There's no question. I'm out because it's easy. Everyone's doing it and, and it's not frowned upon. It, you know, kind of like what I heard you say in one of your previous uh episodes you know you were saying that you know i am for transferring you know if a kid wants to leave and go play at another university although you know it could help my university or help or hurt my university you know i'm cool with it because like you said coaches can leave at any time you know exactly. coaches do a good job they're gone right you know so i feel like kids and student athletes if they want to leave they should be able to leave
0: So. yeah i totally agree with you you know after your your days in North Carolina at Gardner-Webb, you eventually made your way to Amarillo, Texas. It was it a difficult transition for you to move to Texas and continue your playing career with the Amarillo Venom? What was that transition like?
2: Oh, man, it was a transition. Um, you know, pretty much my whole life, I've lived in pretty uh, pretty big cities. You know, born in, you know, Virginia Beach, pretty good city. We call it the seven cities, Um that are all kind of connected. Virginia Virginia Beach, Newport News, Norfolk, Chesapeake. You know, a lot of big cities all kind of intertwine. Mm-hmm. And then living in Atlanta and then going to school outside of Charlotte and living in Charlotte. So I kind of always lived a pretty city-like life that was
0: right. moving.
2: Um, also moving to Amarillo, you know, I was trying to get back up to the level of you know, playing in the NFL. So Amarillo was supposed to be a resume builder, come down there, dominate, you know, possibly get into someone's camp or some workouts and, then you know, work my way up into the NFL. So that was my thought. So when I came to Amarillo, man, I was blown away. You know, flat land, no trees, <laughs> tumbleweeds. only saw that in, in the West. Never saw a tumbleweed in real life. Uh, dust storms. I mean, goodness, blizzards in April. It was a, a culture shock, but I will say, man, I met some of the best people I could, could have ever met in my life, and, you know, I learned a lot, and, you know, met some good friends. I met my wife in that world. so it, it, didn't all, it, it didn't all go bad. It, it went it went right in a lot of ways.
0: I'm I'm sure that that huge culture shock was impactful when you first arrived here.
2: Oh, yeah, no question, man. You know, fortunate I was able to come in, and our team was made of people from everywhere from Houston, from Dallas, from, you know, Charleston, South Carolina, to Indiana, to uh, Arizona. We had people from all over. So it was good to have that good core of of guys around you So we kind of all learned it together. Um, And then, you know, the arena game is a lot different from your outdoor game. You know, smaller fields, you're playing on turf, which they say is turf, which is really like an extra thin carpet.
1: (laughs) It's yeah, rolled yeah, yeah. over a hard
2: concrete.
0: <laughs> I've seen <laughs> uh, it, yeah. And then you,
2: yeah. Then you got the walls, and, you know, it's good for scoring, but I always tell people, you know, you get hit a lot. I always tell people, I played arena, you know, about four years, four or five years, and I took more hits, had more injuries playing arena than I ever had playing outdoor ball in my whole life.
0: Wow, that's and, interesting. You know, and
2: I always tell people, you can run in outdoor football. Like, in I'm football, I can run away from you. I can hit you with a shimmy and a stiff arm. Mm -hmm. And then I have, you know, 50 yards, you know, left and right for the most part. If I want to run away from you, you know, there's a lot of ways for me to dodge you. And although the game is fast, I can still get away. I got enough speed and strength I can get away from you. I I rarely ever took a big hit. Uh, But in Arena, which I was surprised by, man. You, you get hit and then and you hit that wall and they hit you and do not care.
0: <laughs> Did't you tear your a c o hitting one of those walls or getting hit into it?
2: I, yeah, well, actually not even get hit in the wall uh just you know going across the goal line i I stuck my leg in the ground and someone came right at me on the outside. Uh, so it was uh it was definitely a a, a big uh, I would say a big control in my career for sure. Uh, maybe question should I haven't even played arena ball in the first place, but all in all, I felt like, you know, everything happens for a reason. I try to tell myself that. Uh, and I definitely enjoy scoring those touchdowns and playing. So I'd be lying to say I didn't enjoy that.
0: Right. Well, in 2012, you were a major factor for the Venom winning the Lone Star Football League Championship. How would you describe the feeling of bringing a championship to a city like Amarillo?
2: Oh, man, it was great. Uh You know, the Amarillo Dusters, you know, which is what I originally played on, was the original arena team in Amarillo. And they had some success in the early 2000s. And, you know, from then on, you know, they kind of fell off. They weren't really good. You know, my first year in Amarillo, it was the Dusters, and we weren't good. Uh, So going from there, and then, you know, the name changed to, to the Venom. And then us just getting better and better every year. And then bringing the championship home, uh, Tim Barrillo, man, it was a great feeling. And I got to deal with some of my best friends, you know, some really, really great dudes. Uh, And, you know, the head coach is one of my best friends. You know, he was in my wedding as well, uh, Julian Reese. Um, So, yeah, so I think the overall experience was great, man. I, I wouldn't trade it. And then, you know, Amarillo, because we're a small town. I say we because I still consider myself an Amarillo. Man. Um, though I do even know I don't live out there anymore. <laughs> uh, I always claim it, I'm always talking about it. You know, it's my Texas home or what I call it. Uh, but the love that you get in the city, you know, again, you know, referring back to one of your shows, you know, i talking about the side poodles and kind of how they're being you know, taken in by the city and the players are loving it. Mm -hmm. I understood exactly what you all were talking about because that's how I felt, you know, from, you know, people going out to eat, you know, wanting to take you out to eat or covering your meals or, you know, bring you up into the Chase Tower for, you know, executive-type meetings and dinners. And it's just like, man, if you win, you can do what you're supposed to in Amarillo, you know, people will take care of you. And that's what made it so hard to leave because, you know, it's kind of like the city adopted me. And, you know, I know that was all kind of based off of stepping from the arena, playing arena ball.
0: Right. And you mentioned uh, Julian Reese. He was your coach during your career with the Venom and still remains the coach to this day. Uh, since your time in Amarillo, Julian has become one of your very best friends. What would you say about him as a person that makes him such an impactful leader and a great coach? Uh,
2: I actually got to play with, with Julian, who I call Julie. Uh, he was my quarterback initially. Um, threw me a whole, whole lot of touchdowns and he realized his old brittle body couldn't take the, the pounding the playing arena football anymore. So he he uh he transferred over to being a coach mm-hmm. and uh, you know, again he he led us to the championship, you know, as the head coach. Uh Julian's a great dude, man. He is um, uh, you know, my brother from the day I mm-hmm. met him, took me in, uh, you know, just great family, you know, spent a lot of holidays with the with the Reese slash Mims family, you know, that's like my, my, my Amarillo family. Right. And, you know, he's a great dude. He's a great leader. He's doing a lot of great things within, uh, Amarillo, not even just with the uh, Amarillo venom, but, you know, he's been able to capture, I think they won a, another championship, uh, since my championship that we won in 2012. And, you know, every year they're in it, you know, cause he's, he's a great football mind. He's a great person, great father, uh, He's, just a, he's a great dude, man. He's a solid individual, man. He's a solid individual. I actually spoke to him uh, last week. I FaceTimed him last week. I mean his family, man. Great dude, man.
0: He's always been one of those guys that you can just go up to and say hi, and he's super nice. And you could tell he's a leader in everything he does with the community and the things that he has going on. He's just always out there. You always see him involved, and I, I think that's a testament to how good of a person he is.
2: Yeah, I agree, man. Great dude. Another – Another out-of-towner who took Amarillo and, and, and called it his home, you know, he's from, you know, Fort Wayne, Indiana. You know, he uh, used to have his collegiate battles with Tony Romo. Uh, mm-hmm. He actually, you know, playing at Indiana State and in Tony Romo Eastern Illinois, they had their battles, you know, back in the day. Uh, so, you know, came to Amarillo kind of like I did to play arena football, still trying to make his way up, you know, CFL, NFL, and, you know, found found that Amarillo was the place to be, found his wife, started a family, and, you know, he's still there. We're
0: going to shift gears here a little bit. Your brother, your younger brother, Adam, is currently a collegiate athlete and had a tremendous career at Presbyterian, earning a selection in the all-freshman Big South team. Uh, Since then, he's transferred and is now playing basketball at Baylor University in Waco. As a big brother, how has the experience been to see your little brother succeed?
2: Oh, man, I love it. Uh, you know, watching your little brother come up uh, and and just seeing him, and he's a smart dude. He's a smart dude. You know, and, you know, we have a, it's me, oldest, my middle brother Alex, my little brother Adam. And I just think that Adam, he took everything that we did right and he put it into his game and the way he goes about life and then he took everything that we did wrong, <laughs> and he incorporated that as well of a guideline of what not to do, um, just based on watching, you know, watching me for sure, you know, but also watching, you know, my other brother Alex. Uh, just the things that we went through, you know, some things that we might have put ourselves uh, through that we probably wouldn't have had to if we would have took a different route and done some things differently. But also just just things that happen in general, and I think that. You know, he has the potential and the capability, man, to, to do some great things. He has the, the best jump shots I think I've ever seen uh, up close and personal. And I mean, he went to Presbyterian. You know, freshman of the year. You know, led them to some really, really competitive games against some really solid schools. Uh,
0: it's UCLA in the
2: last year. Yeah, UCLA. Uh, you know, he played really well in UCLA. Played really well against Marquette. I uh, played really well against schools like Butler, um, and it's funny because you know when he decided he was going to transfer because his his head coach at the time got the job at Appalachian State, and uh, he decided he was going to transfer. You know I was I was heavy on hey you're going to transfer dude like it's not even an option. Like I never got an opportunity to transfer. Like if this window would open up for me I would have took you. Right. Like you don't you don't stay at a smaller school when you're not small school material. You're you're big school you know. And Presbyterian is not far from from um I'm sorry from Gardner Webb, very similar type school, you know, you know religious based small town. You get there, you start, you you find your group of friends, and you, you think you're gonna be friends forever, so on and so forth. But you don't want to you don't want to miss out on the main prize and that, uh you know making it as high as you can in the, in, the, in the sport that you're playing and getting that degree. So I'm I'm really happy he's Baylor now. It's about an hour and a half away. Right. Um, doing some really big things, and I'm excited to see him, you know, get things started off after having to sit out this year and next year. Really excited.
0: You're a great father, man, great husband. You've had an accomplished athletic career, and now you're a well-known professional educator. How would you say your athletic career has prepared you and guided you to become an educator?
2: Oh, man, shit First of all, I appreciate you saying that, man. I'm still a work in progress. Uh, I will say, man, I – Playing sports has, I mean, it's been everything for me. Uh, I believe that sports builds character, uh, builds structure. Um, it gives you a, a, a never quit attitude uh, because that's kind of how you have to come up if you're playing sports, especially competitive sports like football, basketball. Uh, and I think it's just it's helped me along the way. Of course, you know, you know, you know, going to OU, getting your masters. You know, things don't seem as hard after you've done two a You know, things don't <laughs> seem as difficult, Right. you know, when you're dealing with mm. your boss or you're dealing with an employee or coworker when you've been cursed out like you weren't anything by one of your <laughs> coaches coming up. Yeah. You know, all those things that you deal with, you know, it prepares you. I feel like it better prepares you for what you have to deal with when, you know, you become an adult. So, you know, I love the feel of education. I thought I was actually going to get in to be a coach. Uh, I realized that the hours were long um, and that a part of me still wants to coach, but I I realized that I could have a bigger impact in education if I got into administration. So, you know, worked my way up the ladder pretty quick. I'm a principal now, man, and and I think that the tools that I, I have in my bag right now, a lot of them come from, you know, my experiences coming up playing sports and everything I had to endure.
0: I feel like a lot of the ambition to want to become an educator stemmed from my years of playing sports. Of course, I didn't play any college ball um, beyond high school, but all of the, the lessons that I learned, the, the relationship that I built with the coaches, it just kind of pushed me and elevated me to want to do more in life and to reach and educate kids that are just like me back then, looking up to those those role models. I yeah.
2: feel you, man. Hey, it, yeah, You're 100% on that. You know, I, I think about, you know, coaches like, you know, Coach Standard and Coach Warren, uh, you know, my Coach Coop, Coach Coop, my, my receiver coach in college, you know, men like that who really, you know, helped me. Coach Barton can't forget about my strength and conditioning, Coach, uh, coach Barton. They really, really helped me along the way just kind of, uh, they push me they never let me settle for for less and like you said they teach you not just about sports they teach you about being a good person about being a man what accountability is about like you know how you're gonna be when you get older like are you gonna get quitting are you going to be somebody when it gets hard you're gonna tuck tail and get out of there or are you gonna be somebody when things get rough you, you you stand up you put your chin up and you say we' gonna I'm gonna figure this out or we're gonna figure this out and I I, I I respect those men, man, and I appreciate those men. And I, I, I definitely can't wait to see my sons get into sports because uh, I want them to have that same experience, if not a better experience, that I had coming up. All
0: right, It's exciting as a father to look forward to those years, for sure. Well, oh, Vaughn, yeah, sure, I want to thank you, man, for doing this interview with us. We appreciate your time, your courtesy to do this. This is our very first interview. In the future, me and you, hopefully we can get together and do some podcasts.
2: Hey, anytime, my brother, anytime, man. Yeah, I love what you all are doing, everything you, you got going. Uh, you know, I've been been tuning in. You know, I, like I told you earlier, I got one more episode to, to, to finish up before I, you know, I, I would have heard everything that you all have put out so far, the content you put out. But I'm definitely excited to see all the great things you all are going to do, man. I'll be tuned in. And definitely, man. As you all get the ball rolling, man, I'd love to come on and be a guest and come on and just, you know, talk my sport still with you all, man. But you all are doing a lot of good things, and I'm proud of you, happy for you, bro, and, and I appreciate you having me on.